0: setting up systems and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Rachel Harrelson is a speech-language pathologist with a pediatric private practice in Burleson, Texas. She's also a decorated Navy veteran who shares her story of how she became an SLP after leaving the military and then how she started her private practice on the side of her job as a school SLP. I got to know Rachel during her time in the Start Your Private Practice program. Rachel joined in July of 2020, and since then, it has been wonderful to watch her go from just beginning to a full caseload and transitioning to full-time private practice in her own clinic space. In this episode, she talks about her favorite aspects of being in private practice, the importance of Google reviews, and shares a tip for those of you who are considering becoming a health insurance provider. We also talk about military families and how some of the unique challenges facing them, such as moving, isn't as big of an issue now as it once was, and why military SLPs and OTs can start and grow private practices much easier now. One fun thing I wanted to share about Rachel is that in preparation for our episode, I went to her website and I noticed that she had a summer hours section posted. This summer, she worked a three-day week and enjoyed four-day weekends. Now, Rachel has kids, and she wanted an extra flexible schedule over the summer. And since she's her own boss, she was able to make that happen. I love seeing ways that students in our program are making their private practices work for them. So if you've been thinking about starting your own private practice and you want to see how one of the alums from the Start Your Private Practice program did it, this is a must-listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the
1: name of your private practice? Yes. My name is Rachel Harrelson and I'm a speech therapist and I am located in Burleson, Texas, which is just south of Fort Worth. And the name of my practice is Southern Star Speech and Language. I am so excited to do this interview with you, right? You've been a part
0: of the Start Your Private Practice program, and I've known you for a good while, and I've really watched your practice not only get started, but also really start to take off. And so I can't wait to hear more about that part of your journey. But with every guest, I like to ask, how did you get started in the profession? And also, how did you start thinking about private practice?
1: So, um, my story is a little interesting. I was in the Navy for eight years. I was a corpsman, so a medic basically, and I was going to nursing school at the same time. My oldest son, who's now 20, he was diagnosed with high functioning autism and ADHD and, and required that speech therapy. I had no idea what speech therapy was at the time. It was like, oh, four, oh five. I had no idea. So I would go with him to his sessions and watch through the little window. And I'm like, this is so cool you know, if I wasn't already in nursing school, that, you know, this would be something fun. And lo and behold, my husband, who's also military, we got transferred to Waco, Texas in, um, oh gosh, it was 2010. And they did not have a nursing school nearby. So... With that being said, I had to change my major and Baylor University was down the street and they offered an amazing communication sciences program and I applied and got in and got my bachelor's and master's through them in the four years that we were stationed there and then we left. So <laughs> it worked out really perfectly. That sounds like it was truly meant to be, right? It was. It was. It was definitely the, those doors opened for me and it, I haven't looked back. It's been amazing. I love that. Okay. So you, you know, you finish your
0: degree and then it sounds like y'all moved from Waco. Did y'all go somewhere else after that? And then what kind yes. of jobs did you have then?
1: We moved up to Washington state. So we lived in uh, just North of Seattle. It was a little town called um, Arlington And I went and did schools there. So I did my CFY in a school and did um, elementary speech therapy for a while. And I enjoyed the schools. I loved the kids. But in the back of my mind, I always said, if I ever have the chance, maybe I'll open a private practice. But it was such a scary word. And it still is a scary word, you know, private practice. Oh my gosh, am I even capable of doing something like that? So it was always in the back of my head, like maybe something I can do someday. I don't know. So I just, I stuck with the schools and we moved back down to Burleson after my husband retired. And I joined the schools again. I was there. And uh, in my field of speech therapy, a lot of times when you're in the schools, it's more quantity over quality of therapy. And I felt like I wasn't the therapist I wanted to be, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. So then the pandemic happened and we were all launched into this virtual therapy and it was just, something was telling me this is time. It was time. And then I stumbled upon Jenna (laughs) and I said, okay, this is a sign. I need to just do it. Cause if I don't do it, I'm never going to do it. I'm already 40 years old and if I don't try it now. I won't ever do it. So I did. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I love that. And yours is a very common story of people who were already maybe a little bit discontented in the school system or in the hospital. I love what you said about quantity over quality, right? That's something that most people who join my program say, that's like the number one thing. Like they don't want to feel like a number. They don't want their client or their patient to feel like a number, right? So you kind of had this like, It's either now or never situation. And again, during the pandemic, I think we've all done a lot of soul searching about what is it that we want our lives to be, you know, do we want to be autonomous? Are we okay, you know, being part of a system or whatever? And so for people who were like, you know what? No, like I want to do this for me, for my family, There were a lot of people who joined the program to start private practices for exactly that reason. So you're definitely one of them. And so you made that decision. And then what happened next?
1: So I remember meeting with my financial advisor and his wife was also a speech therapist, which was funny. And I mentioned it to him and he was like, well, what's stopping you? When, when are you going to do this? And I said, well, I I don't know, I guess when I have the money and he's like, you do, you know, I, my husband's retired military, so our insurance was taken care of. And we had a nice amount of savings. I, I was ready on the paper, but I wasn't ready in my brain. It was so scary. (laughs) And I had done your courses. I started your courses and I'm like, tickled around with, well, let's do home therapy. What if I open up a little office in my house? And I'm like, no, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to start big. I'm going to go straight for the brick and mortar. And I just happened to find a little office in a nationwide insurance building that come up for rent at a, a good price. It's 10 by 10, but it's working right now. And I snagged it and that was January of 2021 is when I officially started at my brick and mortar and the rest is, I mean, I've been here ever since just growing. It's amazing. Well, and I love
0: that. Like, you know, there's some people who really just want to start really kind of slow and on the side and do home visits. And there's other people who just don't want to do that. Right. And so that's one of the things that I really teach. I mean, I, I teach people to do it however they want to, right. Like those who want to start with a brick and mortar space do it. Right. If that makes you either feel more official or have that separation between your house and your office, then that's fantastic. Right. So I like to present people with all of the options essentially, and then let people choose what feels right to them. Right. And the Mm -hmm. same thing with in-person services versus teletherapy, right. There's some people who love teletherapy and some families who love it. And so if you love it, great, do it. If you don't love it,
1: don't do it. Right. Yes, exactly. And I was worried at first because it was going to be slow. So I kept my full-time job at the school and then I saw clients in the afternoons and it was my office just happened to be literally two blocks away from the school I was at. So that worked out really well. I would come see my clients in the afternoons. And uh, by May of 2021, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I did seek out another part-time at a charter school. So a lot smaller caseload that way I could still have that supplemental income just in case, you know, while I'm trying to figure out, you know, am I going to do insurance? Cause I still hadn't figured that out yet. Am I going to do insurance? Am I going to st- Day private pay, you know, what kind of clientele is in my area? I was still learning all that. So I really wanted to have that supplemental income coming in while researching that.
0: And I think that that's smart. That's another thing that, you know, a lot of people want to have that financial stability. And I totally get that. I did the exact same thing. And so I think it's really, again, like up to everyone's comfort level and what they want to do right and so okay so now you you've started your practice you have your 10 by 10 space which is perfect that's actually a really mm-hmm. perfect size for a lot of people right what does your private practice look like these days
1: so now I take more insurance what I did was I went on the mom's Facebook page in my area And you're not really supposed to advertise. So I went in and asked, okay, I'm starting a a small private practice for speech therapy, and I'm looking at using insurance. And so I'd like to know what insurances are the most prevalent in our area. So I got a nice list and like Blue Cross was a big one and Cigna. So what I did was take those top three or four, and I got credentialed with them. I didn't jump into Medicaid Right away, I'm still working on becoming credentialed with them. I wanted to just kind of dip my toes in insurance. And I also, for TRICARE, for sure, just because I am a veteran myself, I wanted to be able to see those veteran families too. So TRICARE was my very first and then Blue Cross. So that was actually the best marketing I ever did because not only did I get that list of Insurances, but oh, oh, I need my kid needs speech, blah but blah, blah, you know, let me you know, and so I could just give him my information, and I got about sixty percent of my current caseload from that post. So that was it was pretty awesome, and it was almost just kind of random. <laughs> So I was like, that's great. And then once I started having clients, those clients referred me when a parent would post and I would get, you know, the little, oh, you've been referred. So I would go and say, hi, I'm Rachel, you know, and then introduce myself and get clients that way. So it's been really good. Good start.
0: Yeah. Well, and those Facebook groups really make a big difference, right? There's lots of people who say like, oh, I don't want to do social media, but this isn't really social media, right? It's a little bit more like a search engine, if you can think about it that way, right? Because in a Facebook group, when you type in the word speech therapy and someone later is looking for it and they search that in the group, because I mean, some people are not resourceful, but some people are resourceful. And so that will pop up. And then you really do feel like you've kind of hit the big time when other parents are posting in there for in tagging you and people yes. love to support local businesses, right? Mm-hmm. I love to support local businesses and I'm sure you do. And listeners, I'm sure you do too. Private practices are local businesses. Right. And so that feels always really good to refer to somebody in the community. And then I would think also, especially with other military families to be able to support a speech pathologist who's also, you know, a veteran, I think that's also another really great thing for people.
1: Yes, for sure. And I do have a lot of veteran families that come in. They're just excited to see somebody who knows not only TRICARE on both sides, but also what it's like to be a military family and that I definitely know all about. So I love that. One of the other
0: things, this may or may not be relevant because I don't know, maybe you're saying where you are like forever and aren't going to go someplace else, but one of the things that used to happen pre-COVID is that people who were in military families would contact me and say, Jen, I'm interested in starting a private practice, but we're going to be moving in a couple of years, right? And at the time, I didn't quite know how to you know, direct them, right? Because th- sometimes people would know exactly where they were going and other times they didn't. Uh-huh. But at the time, private practice was much more local, right? Like it was more brick and mortar based And whatnot. Well, then the pandemic happened. And now, you know, with teletherapy, you know, you can see anyone in the state that you're licensed as well as any other states that you're licensed, right? So now when military families contact me, I feel very confident that I can say, look, you can serve people in Texas. And let's say you move to Washington State or Oklahoma or whatever. You keep those Texas clients, and then you work on new people. So now, for military families, it's actually a great way to grow your practice, and it not like, limits mm-hmm. you and makes you like shut your doors or something.
1: Yes, for sure. We're—I mean—we're technically we are done moving. My husband retired. I got out in 2008, but we're actively looking to move to get some land somewhere. But I am nervous about moving my practice, and I also just signed a letter of intent for a larger office that's currently being built. So we're probably going to stick around for a little while, but when it comes time for that move, I know it's going to be scary, but I'm, you know, I think I'm also excited for it. I think it's going to be great. I really do. Absolutely. And, you know, you'll just make it great. Like it can be an
0: opportunity. The other thing is when you move your practice because you move to a different location, you can either keep it where it is. Like you can always hire someone, Rachel, in your town yes. in Burlington, right, to see those clients. And then you've moved someplace else. Like that's one solution. The other solution mm-hmm. is obviously teletherapy. You just see those folks via teletherapy. And then the other thing is when you you know, you already have this experience. You already know the steps to start a private practice. And this is actually one of the reasons why I offer long-term access to the Start Your Private Practice program is because people have said this exact thing, like, oh my goodness, I moved. And I, even though I already did this once, I went back through Jenna's program and redid a bunch of those steps. And like, that was so helpful, right? So if and when you move, you will still have access as a student to all of that, you know, information to help you get started in
1: your next location. Yes. And I've been toying with the idea of hiring somebody to take over. Uh, Right now, I'm a sole proprietor. So LLC is in the works right now. That way, if I want to grow that way, also I can. So I'm, I'm just excited to see what the future holds for it. I really am.
0: Well, you know, and we're friends on Facebook, and I always know, I mean, you post some amazing things about, like, you know, what your, how, how big your caseload is now and how, yeah. you know, happy you are in private practice and all these kind of other things that I just, I love it when I see people post that kind of stuff because you're not writing it for me, right? You're writing it for everybody else, but I do happen to see it, and it really makes me feel really good if we're being honest.
1: Oh, well, I couldn't have done it without you guys, seriously. <laughs> I do have a waiting list right now and that's, um, I never thought I would have had a waiting list, never.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people who need services, right? There's kids and adults- all over the place, stuck on wait lists or going without services. So parents need us, right? And we have an opportunity to be the answer to a parent's prayers who are really looking for services for their kids. And so if you have the inclination and some space in your schedule to start seeing private clients, I think it's really the way to go. So Rachel, what do you think is kind of next for you in terms of what are you going to be focusing on? I know you kind of talked about hiring kind of Thinking about upgrading your space, what would you say is the next six months or so like for you in terms of
1: what you're prioritizing? I definitely want to look at no longer needing to do that part-time. I Last year, I did the part-time at two schools for the charter school. This year, I dropped it down to one. And I also requested a raise per hour because it's an hourly contract. And that was approved. So I told them I would stick with them one more year just because I love I love those kids so much. But it's a lot. So with that and my practice, I'm moving buildings in September. So I'm going from a 10 by 10 to a 300 square foot, 3, 350 with a small little waiting room. And just I'm so excited. Like I drive by it every morning and it's getting built. So it's so fun. So exciting. So that's the big thing. Turning into an LLC is definitely my next thing to do. And then trying my best to step away from that part time. It's hard because it's me putting all of my faith in just my practice. And I'm a huge country music fan and I love Cody Johnson and he has a song and it says, it's called Till You Can't. And the lyrics, it says, if you got a dream, chase it because the dream won't chase you back. And it's so true. And every time I hear those words from him, I'm like, yes, okay, I can do this. I can do this. because so This is my dream. Nobody else's. And so I'm going to do this and no looking back. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love that. Those lyrics were so powerful. Can you say that one more time? It says, um, if you got a dream, chase it, because a dream won't chase you back. I love that. And
0: I'm going to have to listen to that song, because I think also can really, really powerful. So you love country. I happen to love Broadway musicals. But like, yeah. Um, Okay, she loves that too. So like in Wicked, right? There's like, I feel like there's lots of lyrics in Wicked that have also kind of like that same thing, right? Of feeling limited, Mm -hmm. right? Like, And you Mm -hmm. want to be unlimited in private practice, right? So it doesn't matter where you find the inspiration and sometimes inspiration can be hiding in really, you know, small places. But I think if we're on the lookout for signs, for gentle nudges, even big Mm -hmm. nudges sometimes, right? We have to kind of just make that decision is this what we are gonna do or or not? but really excited for you that you've had a couple of these opportunities come your way and you've just decided to go for it. So you know, I know that when the time is right, you will decide to, you know, make this big decision. But the good yeah. news is is that you already have a full caseload, you have a wait list, you know, you're going to have this bigger space. So all of the signs that growth is going to work for you are there, right? You yeah. just have to kind of decide like, are you ready to let go of the kids that you like and whatever else?
1: Right, right, right. And and I I know I will. I, I think this will be it, but it's, <laughs> I think it's more, I just really love those kids. And I love that. That school itself is probably the best school I've ever worked for. And it's really close. And so it's just, it's having it right there, you know, so it's hard. It, it really is hard, but I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to walk away in May and it's going to be hard, but I'm excited to see what, my practice is going to look like this time next year. I, yeah. I can't wait.
0: Well, I can't wait either. Right. Cause I feel like I, I watched a start and mm-hmm. I'm watching you grow yeah. and I feel like I'm about to watch you take off. I'm excited about that. Do you have any pieces of advice for our listeners about like either things that you would do differently lessons that you've learned or share something that you'd like to impart so that other people can do something either better or faster or something than you've been able to do.
1: Yes. So my husband is my insurance guy. He does really well with computers and things like that. So he's been really amazing helping me do claims and things like that. So it I've given full control over to him, which is hard because I'm a very controlling person when it comes to my practice. Like it has to be a certain way. And I guess we miscommunicated, which happens in a marriage. And one of my clients, I thought, had met their deductible when they hadn't. And so we've done quite a few sessions where they've only paid a copay. So of course, I'm not going to make that client pay all that money because I know that they were already struggling just to pay the copay. So I took that as a loss, but I also took it as a learning curve, I'm going to call the insurance, make sure, you know, if they haven't met their deductible, double check on line and make sure before I start seeing that client that, you know, I've got all my ducks in a row as far as insurance is concerned. That way I'm not hit in the middle of after 10 sessions and here we go. So that's definitely one thing. And then another was Getting Google reviews has been awesome. So I've I've given my private pay. I will offer a little discount if they give me a Google review. And I got that from one of our other friends on Start Your Prayer Practice. And that has really helped. I've had families say, well, I chose you because you had more reviews than this person. So that's been really helpful. And then definitely just getting your name out there. Like I said, through Facebook or friends and just giving out your cards. I mean, I leave my cards everywhere. When I go, I went to the AT&T store the other day to buy a new phone and I just left my cards there. I left it at the coffee shop. And so (laughs) I just, I don't really do the, the, go to the pediatrics office or anything, except for my own, like my daughter. So I'm like, Hey, by the way, now that you're done seeing my daughter, here is my card. (laughs) Those are easy ways. So I always have cards in my purse to give out.
0: Well, those are easy things, right? Like you're going to the ATT store anyway. You might as well, because yeah. you know, you just never know who will see it. Uh, we had someone in the START program. This is one of my favorite stories. And listeners, you know, long-time listeners, you may have heard me, but I just have to tell this one more time. There was a, a woman named Christina who's in the START program, who one time was at a Subway restaurant getting lunch. And she happened to be wearing one of those like really cute SLP pride t-shirts. And a woman came up to her in line and said, oh my goodness, are you a speech pathologist? And she said, yeah. And she's like, oh, well, my son is nonverbal and autistic and we haven't been able to find services for him. Would you be able to see him? And she had just gone through the first couple of modules of the program. She had her ducks in a row and she was literally waiting for that first client. And there she was, right? So she said, well, yes, I can. (laughs) And that was her first client. So sometimes like you just never know where you're going to be handing out a card or leaving a card mm-hmm. at TNT. Who's going to be the next customer who comes in who might
1: have been waiting to find somebody? And oh my goodness, there you are. Well, I have a very similar story to that. I was at, it's a Jellystone RV park, here in Burleson. And I'm a Baylor grad. So I had my Baylor University shirt on and that usually attracts other Baylor University people. So I had a gentleman come over with his dogs. I had my dog and he's like, Oh, you went to Baylor. I went to Baylor too. my son. He's, yeah, you know, uh, he's an ENT. He went to Baylor. Hey, come here. So he comes over. And he was like, yeah, what'd you do at Baylor? You know, and I said, well, I'm a speech therapist. I just open a practice. And he's like, oh, I have an ENT practice. Give me your card. And so I've gotten two referrals from him already. And that's just from wearing my Baylor shirt. So I was like, maybe I should just wear my practice shirt everywhere. Cause so now I have all my t-shirts that I wear every day, <laughs> no matter where I go. And I met someone in South Padre and they, they are full-time RVers because we love to RV. And she asked me what I did and she's like, oh my gosh, my four-year-old son, he needs speech therapy. And I'm like, well, here's my card. I had it at the pool. Here's my card. Cause they do t- They want to teletherapy, which I also offer. So I was like, here's my card. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you can l- just have them on you no matter what it could be anywhere. <laughs>
0: anywhere and then take that opportunity. Right. Like, you know, you could have been like, oh, isn't that nice? I'm at the pool. So I don't want to talk about this right now, but you're like, nope, I'm going to seize the day. Right. Here's my card, right? And so, yeah, listeners, I think that it's really important is that you know you do have to put yourself out there, right? You don't have to be pushy, but you do have to put yourself out there because if people don't know about you, they can't hire you. And so, think of some of the tips that Rachel's given you today about like Facebook groups and you know about handing out your card and like all that kind of stuff, right? So, anyway, Rachel, I can't thank you enough for your time for being a part of the Start Your Private Practice community for sharing this whole journey. And I'm just so excited to see like the next stage of your growth and what comes
1: next. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and I can't wait to post more. (laughs) Well, keep those posts coming because it's always, every now and then
0: people get funny about that and think people are bragging or something, but like, that's totally not what it is, right? To me, when people share their wins, it's about showing other people what's possible and encouragement, right? I think that's really important, especially in our profession where we don't have as many trailblazers doing these amazing things. So like, we have to be our own trailblazers, y'all. So keep sharing those wins because if you show someone else what's possible, possible, they will realize that it is possible for them. Right. So um, Rachel, thank you for sharing what has been possible for you and listeners. Everything that Rachel has said that has worked for her is completely possible for you too. For sure. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't you just love Rachel? I love how she came out of the military, became a speech language pathologist, and then how she transitioned to private practice in which she is flourishing. She is the perfect example of someone who decided to make her private practice dreams a reality. If you would like to know more about our programs and how we support SLPs and OTs who want our help to start and grow their private practices, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening and tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. See you then.